Demons Discuss, Take 82, The One with the Bad Seed. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean, and apparently Jerry. Hi, guys. Hello. He's been with us all weekend. Hi, guys. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's raining out. There's nothing else to do. Oh, Angela, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the Book of Life, Chapter 13. We get a few panicked phone calls and one hell of an ominous video feed. I shouldn't say ominous, disturbing, flat out. Disturbing, (laughs) just awful. There's an awful lot of awful in this chapter. Let's touch on that a little bit. I know I said last episode, audience, it'll get better with us. Maybe not this chapter, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At some point in time in the future, it will get, get better, better with us. Not today, not today. Not today. <laughs> Any comments, anything you want to say off the bat or you want to save it for our discussion? I'll, yeah, I'll save it. Let's save it for our discussion. All right. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. With their generous pledges, we avoid becoming a laughing stock by trying to peddle products that have nothing to do with our content. Do vampires brush their teeth? Do witches need meal kits? Are demons concerned with underwear? Maybe, but they don't want to hear about it during a critical point of their podcast listening. Thus, we have Patreon. Gene, tell the people what they get out of joining us on Patreon. Joining us on Patreon will get you demons every week, including our after show, which entails all sorts of antics, all souls related mm-hmm. and not. And as you move up the levels, we have different types of swag, including tote bags, buttons, shirts, stickers, lots and lots of stickers. Most of all, you get the company of the three of us every week. And it's worth the $2, trust me. So if you guys are interested and join us at patreon.com slash demons discuss all right on to discuss your emails i'll go i have one from marceline hi marceline hi marceline she says hi right back she says hi beautiful lovely lady demons foreshadowing wise i feel this chapter really has a lot going on so i had a hard time deciding what to discuss first read for me was so quick i definitely picked up on more on my second and my subsequent reads for this response on the second read the first thing that caught my eye was the frantic call from Miriam. After reading Time's Convert and getting to know Miriam a little better, it seems so out of character, which makes me love her even more. The second was Chris punching Matthew, and I think I actually laughed out loud, followed by an oh shit and damn Chris, mostly because what first came to mind was the Twilight vampires, insert crazy eye roll. And thinking in that world, <laughs> the punch would have hurt Chris more than Matthew, and really Chris was lucky that wasn't the world he was living in. Once I overcame my mm. laughter, I absolutely loved Matthew's response, referencing everyone's protective nature of Diana and then his chastisement of Chris's language, since I feel Diana fights her way through a man's world and has probably heard so much worse. The subsequent mm. science talk that followed between Chris and Matthew blew my mind as science has never been my strong suit, but it definitely increased my love for these books. And as Dr. Shelley has mentioned previously, I really hope some of this science makes season three. Can't wait to hear the new episodes and all three of your lovely voices. Your desert vampire, Marceline. Thank you, Marceline. That was great. I didn't realize she lived in the desert either. I had to make sure she didn't live in the I, dessert. <laughs> That's why I said it precisely. Uh, I think she's from Phoenix, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we have too many listeners from Las Vegas, which is, of course, what mm. first came to my mind. Because so it's like, oh, somebody lives out that yeah. way, too. Huh. What do you got, Jean? I have a discusser email from Flory. Hello. Hi, Flory. 
Chapter 13. Just when things seem calm and normal, Miriam calls. Can't Diana and Matthew catch a break? I can't imagine Miriam prays very often and the fact that she does on the phone signals all the alarm bells. That shit is about to hit the fan. Mm. I love her short conversation with Chris. How does Miriam manage to compliment and insult him in the same sentence as she introduces herself? She's just that good. <laughs> Flory, just that good. How insane was Benjamin to hold on to a vendetta for a thousand years? I think we're going to find out soon, Flory. Yeah. Of course, Matthew couldn't have known what lengths Benjamin would go to destroy him once he made him a vampire, but he had to have some insight into how unstable and deranged he was as a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're back to hot mess Matthew here, Flory. For sure. And you are like totally on the nose there. Chris kindly points out to Matthew that why would you make someone like that a vampire and not know it would bite you in the ass. Mm. So begins the overload of testosterone with some scuffles between Chris and Mm. Matthew. I love how quickly Chris recovers once they start talking science. Chris kind of bulldozes Matthew into getting back into his research, which Fernando has been trying to do. I guess he just needed someone with a lab who would not take no for an answer to force his hand back into action. And when things start looking bleak, Vivian calls, and now they're even bleaker. (laughs) (laughs) The coven did not pass the test. When it rains, it pours. So, so much trouble so quickly and on so many fronts. And then when they first arrived back from 1590s, there's no game plan. Matthew and Diana were just waiting around for something to happen. Yeah, that's pretty much how they handled most of the 1590s. for sure. But yeah, it's just getting worse now. And then she goes on to say that Benjamin lit a fire under their asses and forced them to formulate one. This is such an exciting chapter to read and reread. It really sets in motion the remainder of the book. As always, it's so much fun to read along with you guys and participate in the discussion. Lots of love, Flory. Thank you. Thank you, Flory. Thank you. I have one from Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Uh, She says, this is a timely email, demons. I'm currently reading a book on the U.S. government employing former Nazis at NASA in Operation Paperclip. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Ah, and now we hit the drama. This is my favorite book of the series for all of the drama. Let me get into the chapter. Miriam's phone call in panic sets you on edge. Miriam is not one of those people that gets stressed or panics. That's more of Matthew's department, for sure. Uh, The show Benjamin puts on is highly disturbing. More than any other book in the series, Book of Life has strong Nazi vibes throughout with Benjamin playing the role of Joseph Mengele. The fact that he's operating out of concentration camps makes me believe he was working with Mengele, maybe at Dachau, 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 okay, concentration camp as well. Chris trying to intimidate and order Matthew around does amuse me. He doesn't realize quite how much leniency Matthew allows him. Well, he should see. And that's where I was like, Matthew, you fucking knock his ass out. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. We'll digress yeah. more later. <laughs> A lot. Matthew. Matthew is not, as I like to put it, user-friendly. Till next time, your vampire down under, Chloe. Thank you. Yeah, I I wanted, you know, (laughs) Matthew fucking clean his clock. But I digress again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, discussers. And I think it's time for us to start the wagon. This chapter discussion is brought to us by Catherine Brown. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. All right. So when we left off on chapter 12, Diana was revealing to Christopher Roberts all of the family secrets while we were muttering under our breaths. (laughs) (laughs) That's a kind way of putting it. We open up chapter 13 and Diana is awoken at 3 a.m. by Matthew's phone. The display reveals that it's Miriam and she's in distress. So what did you guys think about this chapter? Jean. 
well, the opening of this chapter, I mean, Miriam in distress is a really mm-hmm. bad thing for something to set her on edge to the point where she's praying in a language Diana doesn't necessarily recognize is worrisome. It's very worrisome. Especially when she's rock steady yes. throughout this whole series. Oh, yeah. You know, Diana's bleeding out all over and Miriam's like cool as a cucumber. But to call Matthew at three o'clock in the morning, freaking out. Yeah, it's bad. Angela, your thoughts? Two thoughts. I didn't care for the last chapter, and I really didn't care for this chapter, so I wish I was back in the last chapter, but you can't do that. You got to just plow <laughs> through it to get to, to get through it. Yeah. Um, and then the second mm-hmm. thought was on this <laughs> list. Thank God it's a short chapter. I think of Jane saying that season three is noir and a thriller, and so I'm fine with them taking creative liberties <laughs> with this and, and making it uh, <laughs> the thriller she promises. Make it a bit more palatable yes. or something. Yeah. I mean, not yes. to shy away from the macabre or the awful but not linger this not is linger in the, the feed yeah, this, the, the feed may not be so long in the tv show it might just be i don't know how are they're gonna whatever magic they're yeah. gonna work i trust but i i think i'm gonna right. enjoy it not enjoy it but i'm gonna like you said make it it's gonna be more palatable on the screen right i'm also hoping we cut down on the whole getting to know chris roberts to shorthand, but we're ripping that's the band aid off with this fucking chapter. We're getting to know him very well. Jesus. Yeah, put that band aid back on, damn it. I don't need to look at that scam. I'm going to take the optimistic approach, perhaps, and say maybe we'll get to know him and they'll change him a little bit so we like him. Oh, personality transplant. I could get on board with that. Um, yeah, like I said the last episode, he was too much then. Now he's really a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll go into it as we go. So let's start. Oh, here we go. When the phone rang, it was pitch black outside. I shook myself from sleep, reaching across the bed to jostle Matthew awake. He wasn't there. I rolled over and picked up his mobile from the bedside table. The name Miriam was displayed along with the time. Three o'clock Monday morning. My heart thudded an alarm. Only an emergency would have induced her to call at such an hour. And she answers the phone, Miriam. And then Miriam says, where is he? I need to speak to Matthew. And Diana's like, okay, I'll find him. He must be downstairs or outside hunting. She asks again. She's like, is there something wrong? And then Miriam's like, yes. And then she switched to another language, one I didn't understand. The cadence was unmistakable, though. Miriam Shepard was praying. Matthew burst through the door, Fernando behind him. Here's Matthew. I hit the speaker button and handed him the phone. He was not going to have this conversation in private. What is it, Miriam? Matthew said. There was a note in the mailbox, a web address typed in it. There was a curse, a jagged sob, and Miriam's prayer resumed. Text me the address, Miriam, Matthew said calmly. It's him, Matthew. It's Benjamin. And there was no stamp on the envelope. He must still be here in Oxford. Uh, So Diana leaps out of bed, shivering. Matthew says, text me the address. A light came on in the hallway. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Before we've got to like Uh, ruin the mood, which is granted suspenseful and and, and whatnot, but it's it's still a decent mood we've got going on here because it's like you've got Matthew being the calm, cool and collected one, which is always nice to see. He's not being a hot mess. I mean, he's got enough foresight to realize that if Miriam's Mm -hmm. losing her mind, he can't. And seeing this side of Matthew, 
I love to see more of. I love cool spoiler. collected masks. It's spoiler that doesn't happen this chapter. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I, I no, think actually it did. He, did. Well, he does remain yeah. calm, considering what we're about to deal with. with I'll, I'll mm, point out to where I yeah, was thinking that. this is Matthew jumping out of the helicopter in this chapter. But you're right. For, for right now, he's okay. not saying I need to like pack for Oxford and go. So you're right. Bonus points. Yeah. But he has bonus points for a lot of things in this chapter that he should have otherwise. For real. True, true. Of yeah, all true. the times to keep his calm, I was like, no, you lose your shit, Matthew. You do it now. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to go into Let's this? Let's do dudes? it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's going on? Chris joined Fernando at the threshold rubbing the sleep from his eyes. What's going on is you should be in bed, Chris. Now, that was me. That was... <laughs> Take, stick your nose back in your own business and get the fuck out of here. That's what's going on. It's one of Matthew's colleagues from Oxford, Miriam Shepard. Something's happened in the lab. Oh, Chris said with a yawn. He shook his head to clear the cobwebs and frowned. Not the Miriam Shepard who wrote the classic article about how inbreeding among zoo animals lead to the loss of heteros- <laughs> heterogazygosy. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and let's stop right here. He's a grown adult man, and it doesn't fucking occur to him that if somebody's calling at three o'clock in the morning, something bad has happened. What the fuck is wrong with him? You know, now's not the time to talk about Miriam and her fucking paper. <laughs> it almost sounded dumbass. It almost sounded like a commercial. Hey, it's so and so, the head of blah 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 blah, winner of this blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was like her whole CV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, we didn't need all that. And he, he's a yeah. mere human, first of all. So he's sleeping. And I don't think they were that loud that he should have been woken. But let's say you're a guest in someone's house. And even if the husband and wife or whoever it is, is having a, a little bit of argument, there's a little bit of commotion going on. Is that your first instinct to insert yourself? <laughs> I mean, no, you sit there and be quiet right. and you listen to the door yes. and then you gossip about it right later. <laughs> okay. Uh, so after he went through her whole Miriam Shepard. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Matthew says the same. And then Chris says, I thought she was dead. Miriam's like, not quite. To whom am I speaking? So that snaps her out of her whatever funk she was dealing with. And she's back to her normal snappy self. Well, she's probably going part of it is like, who is this asshole that Matthew's hanging around with? What the yeah, fuck? And who's Jesus. rattling off my CV at three o'clock in the morning? Or, or Right. <laughs> That's fucking weird. Chris, Christopher Roberts, Yale University. Who fucking cares, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's like. All right. Anyway, academic dick swinging. Who does that, though? I mean, do academics do this? Chris, Chris I, I, I want to know this. At three in the morning and you're just woken out of a dead sleep, you introduce yourself, Christopher Roberts, Yale University. Who fucking cares what university? I'm Chris. Hi, Miriam. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm sorry. I went off the rails. Okay. <laughs> he sounded like a graduate student introducing himself at his first conference. Yes, that's the point. Why? Anyway. Look at me. 
I'm just wondering, you academics out there, are these normal conversations? Are these conversations to be had? Even that the fact that there's witches and vampires in this world, let's pretend. Are these conversations you would have? Yeah. Oh, it sounds distressful. I am Chris from <laughs> Yale University. <laughs> da, da, da. I'm going on a tangent. Let me shut up. Okay. Good. Come off of Twitter. Come off of Twitter. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> Reel in Twitter. Reel it in. Reel it in. Okay. So she replies, Oh, I liked your last piece in science. Your research model is impressive, even though the conclusions are all wrong. Okay. Miriam, don't feed this. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? Just why? Miriam sounded more like herself now that she was criticizing a fellow researcher. Yeah. Matthew noticed the positive change too. Keep her talking. Matthew encouraged Chris before issuing a quiet command to Fernando. And here comes Sarah. Is that Miriam? <laughs> and then she shoved her arms through the sleeves <laughs> of her bathrobe. Don't vampires have clocks? It's three in the morning. That's my question, Sarah. See? Sarah understands me. <laughs> Sarah understands that it's not appropriate to be calling at three o'clock in the morning. Yes. Unless there's an emergency, which obviously there was, but that was quickly forgotten yeah. because we were talking about Miriam's CV. Okay, so Chris wants to know what's wrong with my conclusions. His expression thunderous. Here we go. Fernando was back and he handed Matthew his laptop. It was already on. The screen's glow illuminating the room. Sarah reached around the door frame and flicked the light switch, banishing the remaining darkness. Even so, I could feel the shadows pressing down on the house. Matthew perched on the edge of the bed, his laptop on his knee. Fernando tossed him another cell phone, and Matthew tethered it to the computer. Have you seen Benjamin's message? Miriam sounded calmer than before, but fear kept her voice keen. I'm calling it up now, Matthew said. Don't use Sarah's internet connection. Her agitation was palpable. He's monitoring traffic to the site. He might be able to locate you from your IP address. It's all right, Miriam, Matthew said, his voice soothing. I'm using Fernando's mobile and Baldwin's computer people made sure that no one can trace my location from it. Now I understood why Baldwin had supplied us with new cell phones when we left SEP tours. Yeah, no, he wasn't just being an asshole. He was looking out for you guys. Anyway, <laughs> I move on. <laughs> Changed all of our phone plans and canceled Sarah's Internet service. An image of an empty room appeared on the screen. It was white-tiled and barren except for an old sink with exposed plumbing and an examination table. There was a drain in the floor. The date and time were in the lower left corner. The numbers on the clock whirring forward as each second passed. What's that lump? Chris pointed to a pile of rags on the floor. It stirred. A woman, Miriam said. She's been lying there since I got on the site 10 minutes ago. As soon as Miriam said it, I can make out her thin arms and legs, the curve of her breasts and belly. The scrap of cloth over her wasn't large enough to protect her from the cold. She shivered and she whimpered. And Benjamin, Matthew said, his eyes glued to the screen. He walked through the room and said something to her. Then he looked straight at the camera and smiled. Did he say anything else? Yes. He said, hello, Miriam. Chris leaned over Matthew's shoulder and touched the computer's trackpad. The image grew larger. Chris, why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> why? Just why? There's blood on the floor God. and she's chained to the wall. Chris stared at me. Who's Benjamin? 
my son. Matthew's glance flickered to Chris and then returned to the screen. See how calm he is? Mm-hmm, Look at mm-hmm. this. Matthew, throw him out of the room. He doesn't belong there. Anyway. All right. Chris crossed his arms over his chest and stared unblinking at the image. Soft strains of music came out of the computer speakers. The woman shrunk against the wall, her eyes wide. No, she moaned. Not again. Please. No. She stared straight into the camera. Help me. My hands flashed with colors. The knots on my wrist burned. I felt a tingle, dull but unmistakable. She's a witch. That woman is a witch. I touched the screen. When I drew my finger away, a thin green thread was attached to the tip. The thread snapped. Can she hear us? I asked Matthew. No, Matthew said grimly. I don't believe so. Benjamin wants me to listen to him. And then Benjamin's like, no talking to our guests. There was no sign of Matthew's son, but I knew that cold voice. The woman instantly subsided, hugging her arms around her body. Benjamin approached the camera until his face filled most of the screen. The woman was still visible over his shoulder. He staged this performance carefully. Another visitor has joined us. Matthew, no doubt. How clever of you to mask your location. And dear Miriam is still with us, I see. Benjamin smiled again. No wonder Miriam was shaken. It was a horrifying sight. Those curved lips and the dead eyes I remembered from Prague. Even after more than four centuries, Benjamin was recognizable as the man who Rabbi Lowe had called Herr Fuchs. How do you like my laboratory? Benjamin's arms swept the room. Not as well equipped as yours, Matthew, but I don't need much. Experience is really the best teacher. All I require is a cooperative research subject. And warm bloods are so much more revealing than animals. Christ, Matthew muttered. I hope the next time we talked, it would be to discuss my latest successful experiment. But things haven't worked out quite as planned. Benjamin turned his head and his voice became menacing. Have they? The music grew louder and the woman on the floor moaned and tried to block her ears. She used to love Bach, Benjamin reported with mock sadness. The St. Matthew's passion in particular. I'm careful to play it whenever I take her. Now the witch has become unaccountably distressed as soon as she hears it the first strains. He hummed along with the next bars of music. Does he mean what I think he means? Sarah said uneasily. <laughs> Sarah's always like so. <laughs> She's like three steps yeah. behind. Yes, Sarah, come on now. <laughs> I love her. Benjamin is repeatedly raping that woman, Fernando said with barely controlled fury. It was the first time I'd seen the vampire beneath his easygoing facade. Why, Chris asked, before anyone could answer, Benjamin resumed. I mean, really, no, okay, now that's even my irritation. Like, why would you be asked, why is he raping her? <laughs> I know. I mean, does anyone need a reason? (laughs) Before anyone could answer, Benjamin resumed. As soon as she shows signs of being pregnant, the music stops. It's the witch's reward for doing her job and pleasing me. Sometimes nature has other ideas, though. The implication of Benjamin's words sank in. As in long ago Jerusalem, the witch had to be a weaver. I covered my mouth as the bile rose. The glint of Benjamin's eyes intensified. He adjusted the angle of the camera and zoomed in on the blood that stained the woman's legs and the floor. This is gruesome. The more I read it, it's more gruesome. (gasps) Unfortunately, the witch miscarried. Benjamin's voice had the detachment of any scientist reporting his research findings. It was the fourth month, the longest she's been able to sustain a pregnancy. So far, my son impregnated her last December, but that time she miscarried in the eighth week. 
so everybody's having a go at this poor girl. Matthew Oof. and I had conceived our first child in December, too. I miscarried early in that pregnancy around the same time as Benjamin's witch. I started to shake at this new connection between me and the woman on the floor. Matthew's arms hooked around my hips, steadying me. I was so sure my ability to father a child was linked to the blood rage you gave me, a gift that I've shared with many of my own children. Uh, oh, God. God. I mean, imagine just being ultra Benjamin, yet he's still more pale <laughs> than this, this chapter. I know. And I, he's awful. Yeah, it says a lot. After the witch miscarried the first time, my sons and I tried impregnating demons and humans without success. I concluded there must be some special reproductive affinity between vampires with blood rage and witches. But these failures mean I have to re-examine my hypothesis. Benjamin pulled a stool up to the camera and sat oblivious to the growing agitation of the woman behind him. In the background, the Bach continued to play. And there's another piece of information that I'd also have to factor into my deliberations. Your marriage. Has your new wife replaced Eleanor in your affections? Mad Juliet. Poor Celia. That fascinating witch I met in Prague. Benjamin snapped his fingers as if he was trying to remember Uh something. What was her name? Diana? Fernando hissed. Chris's skin broke out and raised in bumps. He stared at Fernando and stepped away. I'm told your new wife is a witch, too. Why don't you ever share your ideas with me? You must know I'd understand. Benjamin leaned closer as if he was sharing a confidence. We're both driven by the same things, after all. A lust for power, an unquenchable thirst for blood, and a desire for revenge. The music reached a crescendo, and the woman began to rock back and forth in an attempt to soothe herself. I can't help wondering how long you've known about the power in her blood. The witches surely knew. What other secret could the Book of Life possibly contain? Okay, so this is just telling me Benjamin's way ahead of them as far as realizing shit. That's what I was thinking. Like, what have you been doing, Matthew? (laughs) So what have you been up to? I know. (laughs) Yeah. But on the other hand, he is like so inside out about what the blood rage has brought to each of their lives. And he's got his lust for power. And yeah, he considers it a gift. And Matthew considers it a curse. That's the difference. But with a curse, Matthew's doing more positive things like search Mm -hmm. for knowledge and his place in the world and he's using that bad energy for good things in disguise. Right. And in his search for doing good things, he might have missed this little detail that Benjamin's yeah. picked up yeah. on. Yeah. Benjamin paused as if waiting for an answer. Not going to tell me, eh? Well, then I have no choice to go back to my own experiment. Don't worry. I'll figure out how to breed this witch eventually or kill her trying. Then I'll look for a new witch. Maybe yours will suit. (laughs) Benjamin smiled. I drew away from Matthew, not wanting him to sense my fear. But his expression told me that he knew. Bye for now. Benjamin gave a jaunty wave. (laughs) (laughs) GBFN. Of all the things for him to say. Sometimes I let people watch me work, but I'm not in the mood for an audience today. I'll be sure to let you know if anything interesting develops. Meanwhile, you want to think about sharing what you know. It might save me from having to ask your wife. With that, Benjamin switched off the lens and sound and left a black screen with a clock ticking down the seconds in the corner. What are we going to do? Rescue that woman, Matthew said, his fury evident. 
for a start. Benjamin wants you to rush into the open and expose yourself, Fernando warned. Your attack will have to be well-planned and perfectly executed. This is where I was thinking Matthew's jumping into the oubliette to save <laughs> Diana, not thinking, how am I going to yeah. get out? <laughs> Baldwin's like, yes, how am I supposed to get yes. you out, dummy? Yeah. But yeah, playing the role of Baldwin is Fernando yes. today. <laughs> yeah, Angela. <sighs> Fernando's right, Miriam said. You can't go after Benjamin until you're sure you can destroy him. Otherwise, you put Diana at risk. That witch won't survive much longer, Matthew exclaimed. If you are hasty and fail to bring Benjamin to heel, he will simply take another, and the nightmare will begin again for some other unsuspecting creature, Fernando said, his hand clasped around Matthew's arm. You're right. Matthew dragged his eyes away from the screen. Can you warn a mirror, Miriam? She needs to know that Benjamin has one witch already and is likely to kidnap another. And here's Diana. Amira isn't a weaver. She wouldn't be able to conceive his child, I observe. That doesn't mean he right. won't try. Yeah. Right. Kidnapper. I don't think Benjamin knows about weavers yet. Matthew rubbed his jaw. What's a weaver? Chris said. I opened my mouth to reply, but a single shake of Matthew's head made me close it again. Like, mm, no, mm, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later, Miriam. Will you do what I ask? Sure, Matthew. Miriam agreed. Call me later and check in. Matthew's worried glance settled on me. Stifle Diana with your excessive attention if you must, but I don't need a babysitter. Besides, I've got work to do. Miriam hung up. And that's my yes, Miriam. she's Go back. <laughs> I know. Yay. A second later, Chris delivered a powerful uppercut to Matthew's jaw. Like, whoa, dude, really? Why? Yeah. Even why? if he, Matthew wasn't a vampire, why would you do that? Why? <laughs> I mean, yeah. he just like randomly punches him with like, I have no explanation. I don't know why people feel like he would act this way. I mean, does he have that, that kind of rage in his academic life? Does he just haul off and punch people he doesn't agree with? I don't know. Well, I don't understand how people think that's a attractive character or trait. Or a normal like, reaction. He just like randomly punches. Yeah, he punches Matthew, who he barely mm -hmm. knows, who's in the midst of dealing with some really messy, deep shit. And then it's like, oh, I think I'm just going to haul off and slug him because I don't like the way he's he's. Whatever. Right, he doesn't even know the whatever. So <laughs> he doesn't know the yeah. whatever. And from what Matthew has shown so far, he wanted to go rescue the girl. His intentions have all been good, but you just haul off and hit him for no fucking reason. Is this how you deal with your shit, Chris? I have a feeling, you know, if he's going to react like this in this setting, how is he in the classroom? Does he haul off and punch students? Does he? You know right. what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, haul off in this setting. It makes no sense to me. No. Like you said, is that how you deal with your problems in your life? I mean, Fernando's known Matthew for, what, 800 years? And one, he didn't see anything out of line with the way Matthew was reacting or behaving. And because God knows he always, mm -hmm. he will always step in and yeah. call him out if he's doing something stupid. Not not in the flamboyant right. way Chris does. You know, for Chris to just like jump in the middle of that situation, right. and start yeah. three o'clock in the morning, your guest in the house, the you insert yourself into a situation and you punch your BFF's husband, husband, <laughs> husband and, and your host right. after doing what? Having concern for a girl that's getting repeatedly raped. Obviously, he's like, we're going to rescue that girl. And Fernando's like, you can't. Because, you know, he wants you out in the open. So there's no malintent 
displayed by Matthew at all, yet Chris has made his assumptions. And that's part of why I assume there was a lover situation here where he's just hauling off and hitting people. Yeah. But then again, it's also like, oh, my God, you made this asshole. You you turned this asshole 1100 years ago. It's like, but that's still not a reason to punch him. It's like, you don't know him. You don't know that he hasn't tried to do things to fix the situation. You don't know that he doesn't feel remorse for doing something stupid you just decide he deserves a punch a couple (laughs) and i think at this point we've concluded matthew didn't get diana involved in this and diana didn't get matthew involved in this they got they're in this together yeah okay he followed it with a left hook matthew intercepted that blow with a raised palm i took one punch for diana's sake matthew closed his fist around chris's clenched hand my wife does after all bring out the protective instincts in people but don't press your luck I wish he would have broke his fingers. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, just use some of that vampire strength and squeeze on it a little bit. Let him know what he's dealing with because he's, he's a fucking asshole. Kristen and Budge, Fernando sighed. And Fernando says, let it go, Roberts. You will not win a physical contest with a vampire. I mean, he just got done saying he watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So where did he think this was going? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Fernando put his hand on Chris's shoulder, prepared to pull him away if necessary. If you let that bastard within 50 miles of Diana, you won't see another sunrise vampire or no vampire. Are we clear on that? See, this is one, Matthew. You should have fucking taken him out, man. At the very least, Diana should be like, calm down. Yeah. Fernando should have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Both of you. If she, yeah. if she, I mean, even though Matthew's not to blame, she could just put the blame on him just to, I don't know. Soften it, maybe. Soften I, it. Yeah. But. She didn't say anything. Yeah. I would have told him, you need to leave my house and calm the fuck down. Seriously. Yeah. If I was Diana, I would have kicked him out. It's like, dude, you're not helping matters here at all. You yeah. need to like walk Take away. Take a walk. Go yeah. get a room. Go right. get a room in town. At this point, everyone right. just I'm needs done. to get over themselves. I mean, I'm aiming this at Chris, but there's a bigger problem now. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing that is all oh, Chris knows better than it's like, dude, she's pregnant and you're upsetting her. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it doesn't matter because it's not his baby, oh. but you know. Okay, so Chris pulled his arm back and Matthew released his fist. Nobody's getting any more sleep tonight. Not after this, Sarah said. We need to talk. <laughs> See, where was Sarah before? Right. We definitely needed to talk before punches were yeah. through. Yeah. And lots of coffee. And don't you dare use decaf, Diana. But first, I'm going outside to have a cigarette, no matter what Fernando says. That's right, Sarah. Go have your smoke. Sarah yeah. marched out of the room. See you in the kitchen, she shot over her shoulder. Keep that sight online. When Benjamin is turning on the camera, he might do or say something that might give his location away. Matthew handed his laptop and the still-attached mobile to Fernando. There was still nothing but a black screen in that horrible clock marking the passage of time. Matthew angled his head towards the door and Fernando followed Sarah. So let me get this straight. Matthew's bad seed is engaged in some down-home genetics research involving a hereditary condition, kidnapped a witch, and some half-baked idea about eugenics. Chris folded his arms over his chest. There were a few details missing, but he had sized up the situation in no time at all. You left some important plot twist out of the fairy tale you told me yesterday, Diana. Well, if you would have given me a chance, you shithead. Okay, let me <laughs> okay, shut up. Let's, and let's just mark, this is this is slight number one with the disparaging moniker. Matthew's bad seed. So it's obviously disparaging Matthew and mm-hmm. his choices to make Benjamin and, and Benjamin's mm-hmm. actions. Yeah. Not that I disagree with Chris, mind you. I don't disagree because I've been yelling at Matthew for making yes, Benjamin of all these years. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but 
it also goes to Chris's overall urge to nickname people and how he goes about it and what he seems to be picking from yeah. when he does it. He picks on that really disparaging characteristic or bad characteristic well, or embarrassing yes, and it's characteristic. Not, Benjamin can give a shit that he's calling him the bad seed, but it's a dig at Matthew. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and, it's, right. and it's a soft yes. spot, too. The way Matthew even just said he's my son and it's a fucking mess kind of attitude. It's like, oh, look, there's a soft spot. Mm-hmm. I can poke at his guilt. And this is the part where the fact that he's introduced once in a discovery, which is as a colleague, mm-hmm. I'm still in that mindset. I don't I haven't taken BFF at face value. And this is my first read through. I did not see him as the BFF. I just, even as a BFF, would you do that? No. Well, and here's the other problem I have. It's like even from the first read through and you're supposed to take him as a BFF, all this behavior is egotistical colleague. It's not BFF. He hasn't once really exhibited concern for Diana other than in respect to his, the word I think I'm looking for is his status or his his position in the whole, on the whole chessboard. He's not concerned with Diana for Diana's sake. He's concerned about his status gains in relation Mm -hmm. to his attachment. Right. And he's hurt and he's taking it out on everybody. He's hurt that Diana didn't tell him and he is jumping to conclusions everywhere. Mind you, most of them are correct, but it's not not his place. place. It's never been his place. No. And he's acting like her, like he thinks he's her father or her older brother or and that was never established in my head. He's just as overbearing as yeah. Baldwin yeah. is. And Baldwin gets shit for it every ba- day of the week. Ba- you know, Baldwin has a reason yeah. to act the way he does. We understand he is the head of the family. He is concerned about his place in the creature world. He he worries about what Philippe has established. But here's the other thing, too, is like Baldwin's status is Baldwin's status. Any status that Chris has in this universe and in this situation derives from Diana. So everywhere that you read Chris so far, replace that with Baldwin. How would readers react then? They'd lose their shit. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh, my God. They lose their shit (laughs) so hard. Exactly. Granted, Chris is acting as Baldwin probably would, but Baldwin has reason behind it. And I don't see Chris's reason Mm -hmm. behind it. If he's Diana's best friend, he's going to be there to support her. He's going to talk to her and say, are you okay with this? Or this is a situation I feel is dangerous for you. Are you sure you know what you're getting? He's got to support his best friend, supposedly. Punching out her husband when she's not complaining, she's moving. They're acting as a team. And I feel like Chris hauling off and doing that. He's inserting himself in this marriage that he has no clue about. And that to me is rude and over the top Mm. and terrible. Yeah. And and then to start calling the names he's calling Benjamin, which are really like Angela says, are more of a dig at at Matthew than, you know. Yeah, Benjamin wouldn't be offended by this. He'd say thank you, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, he'd think it's funny. I mean, he's he's a sociopath that thinks it's funny. All right, we move on. (laughs) You (laughs) slowly. (laughs) You must have known the bad seed was as crazy as a shit house rat. He is your son. Chris's eyes narrowed. According to him, you both share this blood rage thing. That means you're both a danger to Diana. And then Matthew says, I knew he was unstable, yes. And his name is Benjamin. Matthew chose not to respond to the second half of Chris's remarks. 
Unstable? The man is a psychopath. He's trying to engineer a master race of vampire witches. So why isn't the bad Benjamin locked up? That way he couldn't kidnap and rape his way onto the roster of scientific madmen, along with Sims. Was that Verscure? I don't know. Monsieur, sure. sure. Mengele and Stanley. Let's go to the kitchen, I urge them both. See, and then Diana just chooses now to be a doormat. Seriously. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and since we're here, it's it's your schoolhouse <laughs> right <laughs> in the All Souls universe. Since we've got oh, yes. a litany of Easter eggs hidden in Chris's speech. Marion Sims, male, was considered the father of gynecology oh. thanks to his experiments on slave women with vaginal fistulas without anesthesia. Oh, my God. Nice guy. Mm. Oh, better yet. The shirt was one of the lovely racial hygienists and was a professor of Mengele at university who managed to escape being labeled a Nazi. He was mm. Dutch and sort of reinvented himself as a geneticist after World War II. And there's a lot of evidence that he actually used Mengele's data, especially from the twin studies mm. that were done oh in the camps. Gosh. And while Dr. Stanley was our own homegrown racial eugenics specialist, and I believe he's the one who used to experiment on Down syndrome people. Mm. They're all real lovely people. They sound nice. <laughs> nice. He sounds oh nice. <laughs> but here you go. I mean, and he's trying to like kind of throw Matthew into that hole. Yeah. And you don't know. You don't know what's going on here. As we go on with the speech, it's like he's lumping Matthew yeah. in with them. He's on his jump to conclusions, Matt, and he made a big leap. <laughs> yeah. This <know>? is <laughs> jump to conclusions. But to your point, Jean, Matthew is showing remarkable calmness, restraint, restraint. focus. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> One time I wish he would lose his shit. Anyway. <laughs> I know. All right. Again, uh, Diana's being surprisingly doormatty when she can't possibly ever do it anywhere in this series anywhere. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but now she's going to be the passive. Let's just go into the kitchen and discuss this calmly. Oh, let me make oh. some toast. You think even Sarah would be like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's why she went out and had a cigarette. She didn't want to be involved I know. with these jokers. Sarah's the smart one. I love you, Sarah. Sarah is as, totally fucked this yeah, shit on And out. I'm going to have a cigarette and fuck all you. That's right. <laughs> fuck all y'all. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right. Diana heads to the kitchen and Matthew says, after you, Matthew murmured, putting his hand on the small of my back. Relieved by his easy acquiescence, I began my descent. There was a thud, a muffled curse. Chris was pinned against the door. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's hand wrapped around his windpipe. Based on the profanity that's come out of your mouth in the past 24 hours, I can only conclude that you think of Diana as one of the guys. Matthew gave me a warning look when I backed up to intervene. See, now is the only time she intervenes when it's Matthew, right? right? Yeah. She's not. She's my wife. I would appreciate it if you limited your vulgarity in her presence. Are we clear? Crystal. Chris looked at him with loathing. I'm glad to hear it. Matthew was at my side in a flash and his hand once more in the dip of my spine where the shadowy fire drake had appeared. Watch the stairs, Moncour, he murmured. <laughs> 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 okay. 
mean? Oh, this is terrible. When we reached the ground floor, I sneaked a backward glance at Chris. He was studying Matthew as though he was a strange new life form, which I suppose he was. My heart sank. Matthew might have won the first few battles, but the war between my best friend and my husband was far from over. Yeah, and it sounds like she's picking mm. sides and it's not her husband. That's what it felt like, Diana. And I think Matthew was taking care of things on several levels, not only just Chris being vulgar and whatnot, but that was also kind of like, dude, step off. You're being way overly. It's not even a matter of respect. You're being overly familiar Mm -hmm. and you don't have that right anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And Matthew only won battles that he took the high road. I mean, like we said, Chris could have been squashed and he could have won in that sense as well. And he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think your best friend now? He's roadkill. (laughs) (laughs) Let me shut up. That would have been high-handed, Matthew. (laughs) That would have been like, okay, Matthew, you didn't need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, anyways, because he is kind of an asshole. Let's move on. All right. So dot, dot, dot. As you know, that means new time and place. So here we are. We're in the kitchen. By the time Sarah joined us in the kitchen, her hair exuded the scents of tobacco and the hot vine that was planted against the porch railings. I waved my hand in front of my nose. Cigarette smoke was one of the few things that still triggered nausea this late in my pregnancy and made coffee. When it was ready, I poured the pot steaming contents into mugs for Sarah, Chris, Fernando and Matthew. And I stuck to ordinary water. Chris was the first to break the silence. Of mm. course he was. I don't know. I so know. He just can't just... Mm. Okay. So, Matthew, you and Dr. Shepard have been studying vampire genetics for decades in an effort to understand blood rage. Matthew knew Darwin. He's been studying creature origins and evolution for more than a few decades. Here's Diana just chiming in. Just shut up, Diana. Right. Let him talk it out. Us. <laughs> All right. Mm, let me stop. I wasn't going to tell Chris how much more, but I didn't want him to be blindsided by Matthew's age as I have been. Why are we making this comfortable for Chris? Fuck Chris. Why is all of this like, I I understand Deb needs an info dump and Mm -hmm. a catch up and everything else in this book, but this was executed the most obnoxious way possible at the expense of Matthew's character. That feed was offensive, but Matthew's age is one of the things that's not offensive. I mean, (laughs) everyone should be okay with it. Yeah, Chris inserted himself in this mess, so... He should sit down and shut up. Yeah, he just That's what I'm saying. Stop trying to make it comfortable for Chris, Diana, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like she wants to give Chris a, a soapbox to get up on and perform and prove what a smart scientist he is. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I'm rolling my eyes. But I've got the camera off anyway. so you can see. <laughs> Audience, please, you know, just bear with us. We'll get through it. Seriously. Okay. We have. My son has been working with us. Matthew gave me a quelling look. Yes, I saw that, Chris said. A muscle ticking in his cheek. Not something I'd boast about okay, myself. Okay, that's funny, but... Because <laughs> I know he's mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's... <laughs> right. Talk about the jumping to conclusion. Yeah. He just jumped right into this quicksand <laughs> with that conclusion. Not Benjamin, my other son, Marcus Whitmore. Marcus Whitmore, Chris made an amused sound. Covering all the bases, I see. You handle all the evolutionary biology and neuroscience. Miriam Shepard is an expert on population genetics. And Marcus Whitmore is known for his study of functional morphology and efforts to debunk phenotypic plasticity. Yeah, that's it. Shelly can translate right. that. <laughs> I'm like, I know nothing what that means, but okay. That's a hell of a research team you've assembled, Claremont. I'm very fortunate, Matthew said mildly. Wait a minute. 
Here comes some more. Chris looked at Matthew in amazement. Evolutionary biology, evolutionary physiology, population genetics, figuring out how blood rage is transmitted isn't your only research objective. You're trying to diagram evolutionary descent. You're working on the tree of life and not the human branches. Okay, he just had a light moment there, I guess. So there we go. Yeah. Is that what the tree in the fireplace is called? <laughs> Sarah. Sarah. Matthew's like, I don't uh, think so. And he patted her hand. Pat, pat on the head there, Sarah. <laughs> pat, pat, Sarah. <laughs> Evolution. I'll be damned. Chris pushed away from the island. So have you discovered the common ancestors for humans and you guys? He waved out in our direction. If by you guys, you mean creatures, demons, vampires, and witches, then no. Matthew's brow arched. Okay. What are the crucial genetic differences separating us? Vampires and witches have an extra chromosome pair. Matthew explained, demons have a single extra chromosome. You've got a genetic map for those creature chromosomes? Yes, Matthew said. And you've probably been working on this project since before 1990, just to keep up with the humans. That's right. And I've been working since 1968 on how blood rage is inherited, if you must know. Of course, you've adapted Donahue's use of family pedigrees to determine genes. Okay, yeah, they're losing me. <laughs> Why? It sounds like it sounds like he's being. Uh, d- did you make sure to do mm-hmm. this? Did you make sure? It's like mom over. Uh, yeah, he's running the checklist. Did you do this? Yeah, mom micromanaging. Right. That's the word I'm looking for. Determine gene transmission between generations. Chris nodded. Good call. Pat pat on the head, Matthew. How far along are you with your sequencing? Have you located the blood rage gene? Matthew stared at him without replying. And I'm just like, what are you doing, Chris? Yeah. And then Chris is like, well. (laughs) (laughs) And Matthew's like, I had a teacher like you once, Matthew said coldly. He drove me insane. Chris is like, I've had students like you. They don't last long in my lab. Chris leaned across the table. I take it that not every vampire on the planet has your condition. Can I back up the bus a second? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's uh, with that comment of Chris is not necessarily something I would brag about because as a teacher, that's bad because it's like brilliant students don't last long in your class. Is that another ego problem, Chris? You've got to be the smartest person in the mm-hmm. room. It may seem like we're biased against Chris, but because we are. (laughs) (laughs) We are. We are. I mean, he's invited it all for himself. Outside observers would look at this guy and say, what an asshole. Truly, what an asshole. And this is your best friend, Diana. Really? Anyway. Have you determined exactly how blood rage is inherited and why some contract it and why some don't? Not entirely, Matthew admitted. It's a bit more complicated with vampires, considering we have three parents. You need to pick up the pace, my friend. Okay, first off, I'm not your friend, okay? (laughs) Second of all, it's not your product. And third of all, just step off. Back off, off. anyway. Diana's pregnant with twins. Matthew knows that, okay? Calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Chris looked at me pointedly. I assume you've drawn up full genetic profiles for the two of you and made predictions for inheritance patterns among your offspring, including not limited to blood rage. I've been in the 16th century for the best part of the year. Matthew really disliked being questioned. I lacked the opportunity. High time we started then, Chris remarked blandly. We. Yeah. We. We started? 
Excuse me? Matthew was working on something. I looked to Matthew for confirmation. Uh, Remember, I found that paper covered with X's and O's. Oh, Diana, you're not helping (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, no. X's and O's. Good Lord almighty. This seemed to confirm Chris's worst fears. You tell me you have three parents, but you remain married to a Mendelian inheritance model. I suppose that's what happens when you're as old as dirt and new Darwin. Okay, now you're being an asshole. Yeah, he's being an asshole again. It's, you know what? It feels like he wants to like take over Matthew's research project and get right. all yeah. the credit. He's interested, but he doesn't want to admit he's interested. He just wants to, you know. And yeah. just jumping to conclusions. I mean, Gene, how would you feel in a case if people were just jumping to conclusions just because Diana said she saw a paper with X's and O's? He has, There's no proof that that's what he's, the model he's operating under. I mean, who knows what the X's and O's mean? Maybe he, yeah, he uses X's and O's, but he's mapping out something in his own. And Diana's not the scientific you know, expert. Shorthand. She saw a paper with X's and O's. Yeah. Right. And she thought she was helping. <laughs> he could have been playing right. with himself. She thought she was helping the situation too, but no, it just made it worse. Anyway, I met Mendel once too, Matthew said crispy, sounding like an irritated professor himself. Besides, blood rage may be a Mendelian trait. We can't rule that out. Highly unlikely, Chris said, and not just because of this three-parent problem, which I'll have to consider in more detail. It must create havoc in the data. And then Matthew's like, explain. I have to give an overview of non-Mendelian inheritance to a fellow of all souls. Now, see, now he's just being a jerk. Now he's just being a total jerk. I can't. I can't. But we have to. Okay. Chris's eyebrows rose. Somebody needs to look at the appointment policies at Oxford University. Oh, I mean, this is kind of like a rap battle at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not a very good one at this point, because the simple fact of the matter is, is Matthew's comment about how so is like, okay, Matthew's probably thought of 15 different ways Mm -hmm. it could be the case. And that's why he's like, okay, why do you think? I mean, it's a pride. Maybe, you know, maybe you thought of something. I just gave Matthew the Inquisition in these past few pages. And now just because Matthew says explain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is allowed to say, well, what yeah. do you mean? Please explain. Elaborate. That would be the, that's yeah. an intelligent response to me. Not, and knowing that you don't know everything and say, okay, maybe you're privy to something I don't know. So please let me know. Mm-hmm. And he was rather calm about it. Yeah, please explain. But it's okay for Chris to demand Matthew to rewrite the books from, from the instructions on how to, how to build, a, build a better mousetrap from going out and shopping for the ingredients. Yes, parts. because he comes from a long line of, uh, you know, field hands so you know shut yeah. up about anything <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with saying explain it i just realized why one of the many reasons i love ryoden in the fever series is because he always says explain elucidate elaborate very effective yes <laughs> right yes break it down yes for thank me. you tell me yes mm. Matthew's like ex- explain talk to me like i'm stupid since you've already Assemb- yeah you you've assumed I i'm stupid so please break it down for me and i do that all the time when i yeah. i don't understand and i don't necessarily think somebody's talking over my head but i need you to break down that part for me and be like okay elaborate please yeah. anyway 
Sarah says, do you understand a word they're saying? And then Diana's like, one in three, I said apologetically. I mean, gene conversation, infectious hereditary or heredity, genomic imprinting, mosaicism. Chris ticked him off of his fingers. Ring any bells, Professor Claremont? Or would you like me to continue with the lecture I give my undergraduates? Why are you being a jerk? Anyway, isn't yep. mosaicism a form of chimerism is the only word I recognize. Chris nodded at me approvingly. Yeah, good job. A plus for Diana. Right. <laughs> I'm a chimera, if that helps. Diana. Diana, Matthew growled. Chris is my best friend. Again. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Lord, shut okay. up, Diana. And if he's got... <laughs> Are <Yes>. we 12? <laughs> he's my BFF. We just made bracelets. <laughs> 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 and if he's going to help you figure out how vampires and witches can reproduce, not to mention find a cure for disease... He needs to know everything. That includes my genetic test results, by the way. Okay, see, I didn't recall where anybody asked Chris to help. Yeah, Diana just invited him into a project that she's not a part of, other than being a source okay, of DNA. Okay, mind you. All right. Okay, I move on. Anyway, <laughs> that information <laughs> that information can be deadly in the wrong hands, Matthew said. Chris said, Matthew is right. I'm so glad you think so. Matthew's word dripped acid. Don't patronize me, Claremont. I know the dangers of human subject research. And I'm a black man from Alabama. Just in case you missed that, guys. <laughs> He's black. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this was so poorly executed. It does. It, I will say this about this chapter and the last. It hasn't aged it well. Has not, no. It, has it hasn't aged, aged well, well at all. And whoever did this felt i i don't know whoever edited this whoever it doesn't even seem like it came from deb's hand it does deb is so subtle in her descriptions and this is such a oh my god it's a sledgehammer and whoever was doing it was not a sensitivity reader at all and grew up in the shadow of tuskegee anyway i'll put up uh for those of you who aren't aware of tuskegee i'll put up the link in the show notes so you can read more about that okay what would val what would you have preferred i agree with you i'm just asking what you would you would have preferred um i would have preferred if he just listed the tuskegee experiment as a concern yes you you don't have to say i'm a black man from alabama obviously they're in the same room as him they can see he's black diana knows he's from alabama Mm -hmm. they're bfs anyway just bring up tuskegee just say what about tuskegee these are things we have to look at and let's let's not repeat history with as like what happened in tuskegee yeah Stuff like that. I don't yeah. mind events being brought up, but quit slamming this in my face. I'm a black man from Alabama as if he has to be this angry black man. And there it is. Yes. There it is. I just figured it out. I'm tired of black men depicted as angry all the yeah. time. I'm glad. I'm glad. That, I mean, I didn't know where I was yep. going with it, but I was just like this. Just curious to hear your thoughts because I agreed with you, but I didn't, I didn't, yes. I couldn't articulate it either. And you're right. It's not that we don't like, I had to say, like angry black men. It is the fact that that is the default mm-hmm, mm-hmm. depiction of black men in literature and pop culture. And that's how they're yes. perceived. That's what we're angry about. Right. So he's in your face. And yes, he is allowed to be angry, but he's unnecessarily angry in this whole depiction yes. here. He's angry. The rage is misplaced. He's angry. He's aggressive. He punches people for no fucking reason. Is that the message we want to be sending about black men? Do you know? And he's sitting there telling 
Matthew, Matthew everything that he's just done in this whole chapter is highly hypocritical. And then to say, don't patronize me, Claremont. <laughs> I mean, just because Matthew right. says, I'm glad yeah. you think so. Yes, sarcastically, but still wasn't anything that was harmful. Right. But the whole thing of it is, I'm glad you think so. It's like, that's the maddest Matthew shown. I mean, Matthew has shown incredible restraint. He like banging on him. And he's like, oh, God, look, you're not stupid. Right. Now, if the shoe was on the other foot. Yeah, that'd be a problem. It'd be a huge problem. But again, the, the huge problem is, is like we w- dropped in the stereotype angry yes. black man. It's like, oh, look, here's a stereotype. Have right. fun. And I don't I'm not saying this was done on purpose. I think this was done on somebody's perception on how Chris would have been. Yeah. Yes. You know? And like you said, it doesn't age well. This is more than or just yeah. about 10 yes. years. Yeah, it doesn't age well. You've got that on top of the whole issue of retconning him as a best friend and how much faster can you like say, oh, look at this best friend. He's like charging mm-hmm. in and being protective mm-hmm. and, you know, look at me. I'm overly emotional mm-hmm. and, and invested and I'm really going to fix this all for everybody. I'm the best friend. And it's like, no, you're just the angry black guy they dropped yes. in. And I would posit only just because of my experience and experiences, all the black men I know and am related to, all of them have been put in situations where they're probably one of the only black men in their professional mm-hmm. settings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I will tell you, this would not be the default as far as making the people around them behavior, behavior, as far as making the people around them comfortable. And that's what black men who are professional have had to do their whole lives. So it doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel correct. This is maybe, I mean, not for the age group and the time that this happened. This feels like some kid who just graduated college. Right. Who's just, you know, I hate the word. He's this woke millennial who's just acting up because he can. Yeah. He thinks he's got a license to. There it is. I was going to say some of the things that I've come across in my reading and whatnot, if anything, most black men in, in professional settings especially do everything they can to come across as very mm-hmm. non-aggressive, mm-hmm. very passive, mm-hmm. very... Like we've dis- described in the a, after show, have to dim their light in order to make everybody comfortable yes, around right. them. Yes. And, and I'm very uncomfortable with yeah. this depiction of a black man who has to reiterate the fact that he's a black man. And he's not doing it for Matthew's sake or Diana's sake or Sarah's sake. They can clearly tell he's a black man. Right. He doesn't have to say it. Back to what you were saying, Angela, just the mention of Tuskegee and the experiments give the reader something to look for or look into right. mm-hmm. later. That would have been fine. This is, yeah, too much for me anyway. No, it's good. A good conversation. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Where did I leave? Right my, after. Uh, yeah, don't, don't hand your. Right, the line, yeah. line after t- yeah, okay. Tuskegee. Don't hand over your genetic information to anyone outside this room, even if they're wearing a white coat, especially if they're wearing a white coat. Come to think of it. Thanks for your input, Christopher, Matthew said stiffly. I'll be sure to pass your ideas to the rest of my team. So what are we going to do about all this? Fernando asked. <laughs> like, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. There may not have been any urgency before, but now he looked to Matthew for guidance. The Bad Seeds Breeding Program changes everything, Chris proclaimed before Matthew can speak. First, we have to figure out if blood rage really is what makes conception possible or if it's a combination of factors. And we need to know the likelihood of Diana's children contracting the disease. We'll need the witch and the vampire genetic maps for that. You'll need my DNA, too, I said quietly. Not all witches can reproduce. Do you need to be a good witch or a bad witch? (laughs) This made me laugh. Sorry. (laughs) 
Chris's silly jokes usually made me smile, but not tonight. You need to be a weaver, I replied. You're going to need to sequence my genome in particular and compare that to other witches. And you'll need to do the same for Matthew and vampires who don't have blood rage. We have to understand blood rage well enough to cure it or Benjamin and his children will continue to be a threat. Chris slapped his thighs. We need a lab and help and plenty of data and computer time, too. I can put my people on this. Absolutely not, Matthew shot to his feet. I have a lab, too. Miriam has been working on the problems of blood rage and creature genomes for some time. Then she should be able to come here immediately and bring her work with her. My students are good, Matthew, the best. They'll see things you and I have been conditioned not to see. Yes, like vampires and witches. Matthew run his fingers through his hair. Chris looked in alarm at the transformation of his tidy appearance. I don't like the idea of more humans knowing about us. Matthew's words reminded me who did need to know about Benjamin's latest message. Marcus, we need to tell Marcus. Matthew dialed his number. Matthew? Is everything all right? Marcus said as soon as he picked up the call. Not really. We have a situation. Matthew quickly told him about Benjamin and the witch he was keeping hostage. Then he told Marcus why. If I send you the web address, will you have Nathaniel Wilson figure out? Nathaniel Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Just say Nathaniel. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nathaniel Wilson. (laughs) Maybe there's more than one demon named Nathaniel. I don't know. Things have happened since he's been gone. Figure out how to monitor Benjamin's feed 24-7. And if you can find out where the signal is originating from, that would save a lot of time, Matthew said. Consider it done, Marcus replied. No sooner had Matthew disconnected than my own cell phone rang. Who now, I said, glancing at the clock. The sun had barely risen. Hello? Thank God you're awake, Vivian Harrison said, relieved. What's wrong? My black thumb prickled. We've got trouble, she said grimly. What kind of trouble? I asked. Sarah pressed her ear against the receiver next to mine. I tried to flap her away. I received a message from Sidonia von Bork, Vivian said. Who's Sidonia von Bork? I never heard that name before. One of the congregation's witches, Vivian Sarah said in unison. And that is Good. the end. <laughs> <laughs> we end on an uh, Easter yes, egg. <laughs> yes, we do. Sidonia von Bork. Well, she was a Pomeranian noble, and I know you're asking, where was Pomerania? Mm. It was a province. Half of it rests in modern-day Germany, and the other half is in modern-day Poland. Oh. Well, she was accused of witchcraft and executed in 1620. Oh, dear. Yeah, beheaded and, and her body burned. But the interesting thing about her is her story was told by a German gentleman named Meinhold, who wrote a story called Sidonia the Sorceress. Mm. Oscar Wilde's mother translated it into English. It was very popular, so popular that one of the pre-Raphaelite painters did a painting of Sidonia, the sorceress, which is actually fairly famous. So we may want to put the portrait oh, in the show okay. notes. Oh, okay. Cool. No Tavel. Put portrait in yeah. the show notes. No Tavel. <laughs> <laughs> There are, there are your Easter eggs oh, for the day. God. Okay, so do we have any concluding thoughts about this chapter? Again, I want to apologize to the audience for any offense you might take at us slamming on Chris. He was hard for us to take. Yeah, He was just hard. Yeah. yeah. And when you do a close read, it's even harder because so many of the problems come bubbling up and become even more yeah. apparent as opposed to just a first read. I don't really like this dude, but it's like he's a problematic dude when push comes to shove. I not intended to be problematic. I don't think so, no. But the execution and the retconning and... This could have been good. The... <laughs> 
lack of balance yeah. in the creation of the character. I agree. Is where the problem mm-hmm. lies. Also comes back, it's another thing that adds to my whole theory about the emasculation of the yes. Claremont men in this book that, you know, we've put them all down to raise Diana up as the, the focus, the heroine, the mm-hmm. savior of the yeah. story. And Chris's best friendness mm-hmm. is a tool to beat down on Matthew, more or less. Diana capitulates like that when she's never right. in the history of this trilogy thus far seemed very off-putting. I felt it was wrong for her to just be like, oh, let's not upset Chris when it should be. Let's not upset Matthew. I need to do what I need to do. Make sure Matthew is OK. She abandoned that team real quick. I mean, yeah. he, at the very basic level, she could have been self-serving and been like, listen, guys, stop it. I'm pregnant. I don't need this shit right now. You know, (laughs) like even that could have happened. Yeah. But the whole let's protect Chris and and make it nice for Chris. Wait, your husband has not only been reconfronted with what he already knows was one of the biggest mistakes in his life, bad decisions he's ever made. But to visually, graphically observe the fact that Mm -hmm. his son's a fucking rapist and he might be a little bit upset about it and shamed by it. And she's like, oh, we need to make everything comfortable for Chris. What Uh, the fuck? Chris wasn't invited in this room. Yeah. None of this is Chris's business. Chris is inserting himself just like he inserts himself in the marriage. He's inserting himself into a very secretive private research project. Granted, I mean, yeah, to move the plot along and everything else, you've got to bring in a team and and do that. But it could have been executed in a far different way where he's not a raging jackass <laughs> yes. maniac. Yeah, or in a quick conversation yeah. between Diane and Matthew consenting to invite Chris. Yeah, even Pillow Talk. Hey, what do you think? I know you, you're uneasy about letting people in, but we kind of don't yeah. have a choice and we're running out of time. In our last episode, we did discuss how what our fixes would be. And one of the fixes would have been he stayed a colleague or Diana could have played the role of Chris and said, you know what? This is beyond us now. Mm -hmm. We need to get others involved. And that's where she could have called her colleague. I love that approach. I love that when that happens in when the Rocky training movies, you know, let's call on the expert, you know, or someone who can be an ally. I know somebody. Let me bring in one of my allies. In order to make this spoiler guys if you still want them to be a night later the friendship can develop over the research yeah yeah. there's nothing wrong with that you didn't have to tell me 15 times over this chapter that he's my best friend he's my best friend he's my best friend (laughs) he's my black best friend he's a black man I mean he's my best friend from Alabama you could be (laughs) yes (laughs) Matthew could have had the opportunity to be Danny Ocean and, and assemble his Ocean's Eleven scientifically and and then, yes. you know, like you said, yeah. have it grow from there. A friendship can develop out of that because this is not a light pursuit. This is an adventure. This is like one of those when you have adventures with people, they become close friends. These are this, this is my homeboy. Yeah. This is my wingman. This is you you're know, in the trenches. Yeah, you're in the trenches together. So yes. why did we need to get hammered over the head? This is her best friend. And because we said so. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> And, for, and force feed it yeah. to you. Yeah. And he's going to prove he's my best friend by knowing better than I know what's good for me and basically trying to wreck <laughs> and, my marriage and treat my husband like a piece of and, shit and to prove it. And beat his ass <laughs> when he can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christ. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, the, uh, the masculinity aside, I can't imagine you guys, yeah. one of you, both of you being at my house and inserting yourself in a situation that Brad and I are having and then going and punching Brad, you know? No. I mean, it, it, me and Jean will be like, we'll, we'll be outside. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other problem I, I have with this whole situation mm-hmm. in the book is the willingness of people to just write this. Oh, it's, it's just so much testosterone. No, that's, it's more, that's a lazy more than excuse. just sorry. Testosterone and, and dick yeah, swinging. That's a lazy excuse. And I was going to say, if anything, Matthew exercised tremendous restraint and did not even think about doing any dick swinging. I mean, he just dispersed some snark like, well, well thanks. We just spent that all, I guess and, I'm and not blaming, that dumb We just spent all that time at Septor with, uh, yes. with Matthew and Philippe. We know what this is like. Yeah. We know what it is. So we don't need a repeat show of it with Chris, who's far inferior, in my opinion, just because of yes. how he was painted. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. No, what I was just saying, saying blaming testosterone is is ludicrous as blaming the way a woman dresses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Misandry mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> going once, going twice, guys. <laughs> Gail, they, they, Gail All this bitch right. off. Sold. All right. Let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. This episode's housekeeping is brought to us by Wendy Taylor. Thank Wendy, you, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Who wants to start? I have a plentiful, bountiful table here of reviews. Five-star reviews. <gasps> oh, my God! Yay! It's been a while since we've listened to that. Okay, let me sit back and let yeah. me get my drink. Okay. Not one. It's story yeah, time. Not two, but three five-star reviews I have for you. <gasps> Thank you. Yes. Oh, so we're goodness. playing catch up. Thank you. We're playing catch up oh, because gosh. this is from December, but we pr- always promise to get to all of them. So here we are playing catch up, but much appreciated nonetheless. And I still feel the sentiment with Quirky Gal who left this review for us. She says, goodbye, 2020. What? Oh, God. What, yes. <laughs> what a perfect <laughs> oh, way yes. to spend the last day of 2020 listening to my favorite lady demons. 2021 will be better and we get. A Discovery of Witches Season 2. And how did we ever? Yay, that's for sure. Yay. Did we ever. We sure did. I can tell you 2021 is way better than 2020. Yes. It started out shaky. <laughs> We're definitely on the way yeah. up. Vaccinated yes. life. Okay. okay. The second one comes from Sujiap. They give a five-star review. The one to get. One is all in caps. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. This popular series of books and TV adaptations has many associated podcasts, and I've listened to several. None can compare to demons discuss for humor or knowledge about the subject. Nothing turns me off faster than hearing a podcaster say, I haven't read the books, but what? What? <laughs> that's what, that's what? what she said. <laughs> 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 the demons know the books and the show inside out. They know the author and everything she has written. They are smart, powerful women in their own lives, and they aren't afraid to express their opinions politically or fictionally. I'm trying not to laugh here because ain't that the truth? <laughs> not that that's powerful or I mean, smart. I'm guys... not like patting myself on the back with the expressing the opinions part. I'm, I'm... Uh, yeah, you just listened <laughs> yes. to this episode. Which we just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that you especially like the way we break down our podcast into sections so that the newbies can avoid spoilers. There's always a part at the end for the seasoned reader or viewer to hear reactions to the divergence of the adaptation from the books. They are a breath of fresh air. Go for it. Thank oh, you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, and fun that to read. So wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Review number three says, I'm addicted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, well. Awesome. I discovered the book. 
in November 2020. I'm now finishing up my second reading of the trilogy. Then I discovered there was a TV adaptation. Then I found Demon's podcast and the rest is history. I started listening to all your podcasts since the beginning. You're with me every day at work. Wow. Thank you for the amazing content. Sorry if my wow. English is not perfect. I'm a French Canadian. Constance for life from oh. Canada. And your English is perfect. Yes. It's probably wonderful. better than Yeah, us. hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Yes. <laughs> This is true. Thank you for those reviews. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, everyone. Yes. Angela's more than alive. She's <laughs> That's like right. vibrant and glowing. And we're, and... we're back here, like, vibrating back to life, too. So, yes, that was like a triple yes. punch. Thank you. It was good. <gasps> Thank you so much. Good. Jane, what do you have? Oh, I have one from our journeyman demon, Zoe. Hey. Hi, Zoe. Dear Valerie, Jean, and Angela, I just wanted to thank you for all your hard work in preparing, recording, and publishing the episodes around season two. What a coup to have Jane Tranter on the podcast. Mm, what a coup indeed. Amazing. <laughs> you asked the best questions and got answers none of us were expecting. You're right. We weren't expecting no. them either. No. <laughs> to mm-hmm. be truthful. It almost have taken a lot of time when you all have work, school, homeschooling in Angela's case, and adulting to do. I really do appreciate everything that you do and love you for mm. it. Enjoy your break, ladies. You deserve it. I'll be waiting for you when you're ready with my comments on T-Ball Chapter 12. Take care. Stay safe. Your journeyman, Deanman. Yeah, we're doing a lot of catch up this housekeeping. So thank you. We're glad you enjoyed that. And Jane Tranter and be advised there's more to come, guys. More to come. So... Yeah, we got a we got a surprise in our back, back surprise pocket. or how uh, Angel put it surprise parenthesis s <laughs> yes maybe yes. surprises I don't know we're working on them we're working on them guys so thank you thank you so much it means a lot all right let me see what do I have I have, have from Constance and I think that she's the same person that left the review she says hi demons hi. I was listening to episode 52 and I want to give my guess as to who the purple notebook belongs I know this episode is two years old yeah, it's been a while since we've been speculating <laughs> on the purple notebook. Anyway. Yeah, but we still don't have an answer, so feel free to throw right. yours in the ring. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, we still don't know who it belongs to, which is funny. Now we still don't know. But I know that books five, mm-hmm. six, and seven are coming eventually, and Deb still hasn't revealed whose story it is. So my guess would be it's Miriam. In, uh, it's a Miriam book. And I'm like, oh, because didn't she? That'd be great. Yeah, be so didn't good. she debunk that though in one of her Facebook lives? Someone asked her if it was Miriam. She's like, no, she debunked it was Baldwin. No, she said she debunked Miriam too. Did she? It's it's been so yeah. long. I wonder. And one of her last Facebook lives that she held, she said, yeah, I'm wondering about Miriam too. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm that like, sounds okay, like so it's not Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought Fernando, but just don't picture it being a purple notebook for Fernando. <laughs> okay. Well, I think part of the problem is she was earlier, early on is with those Molsky notebooks, she like, she was kind of limited the in colors. The, the range of colors they right. offered. So they had purple. She had to put somebody <laughs> in it. <laughs> well, Constance, if it makes you feel yeah. any better, I thought it was Miriam too. And now Valerie just informed both me and you. <laughs> it's been debunked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's no. been debunked. Oh, she can change her mind though. So, y- yeah. 
I'm sticking with Janet Gowdy okay. for now. Okay. I feel it's feeling like a witchy book. So I think it's Janet. Uh, she says, thank you for your amazing work. I'm going through all the existed episodes slowly, but surely. Have a nice weekend. Demon Kiss, thank Constance, you. pay it. Thank you, thank Constance. You. Thank you so much. Thank you, Constance. And we're apologizing in advance for episode five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, she's well yeah, retrospect. Well, probably five. later now, but that was 52. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She might have gone back to listen after our TV episodes, which a lot of people mm. do. So that's it for mm. our housekeeping. Thank you, everybody that wrote in. Now, I'm just reminding you that housekeeping is a section there where we go back and we didn't cover maybe discusser emails or random emails that came in, maybe not having to do with a chapter in particular. So we like to bring them in and read them and make sure people are heard. Or in... Like Constance's case, people who have come to us late who ha- are working their way through and have observations about old episodes. old episodes. Yes, it works out. So that's why we have the housekeeping. But now, alas, it's time for Save It for the Show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, let me scroll. Let me scroll. Where are we at? So this episode of Save It for the Show is brought to us by Amy Green. Thank, Thank you, Amy. Amy. Thank you, Amy. Save It for the Show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Subject of this save it for the show is what to do during the slow times. Hmm. What huh. shall we do during the slow hmm. times when this all souls world is just kind of on kind of a break, a hiatus, like the six week hiatus. I was going to say, no one wants to hear like- that from us, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, so we took a little break and I don't know. I haven't been watching the fandom Twitter at all. And Angela, what have people been tweeting about, basically? Well, I think people are gearing up now. And I hope that even our UK friends and other friends around the world, not in the US, come join us for the AMC rewatch. Watch. They can't, they're not going to be able to see it, but mm-hmm. if we do live tweeting or we start chatter up again about season two, that happens June twenty seventh. So some yeah. people have been tweeting about mm-hmm, a rewatch. Yeah, some, that'd be good. And, That's something and, to look forward to. Yeah, and that'll be something to do on Sunday night. Sundays, right? Sunday, Sunday, night. Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to have little after parties uh, accompanying each episode that AMC releases. Uh, We're going to be recording them as people have already written in while we were doing our actual reviews of the chapters. So we'll do little after parties. We'll throw in little surprises in our feed. And I think we're still going to slog through with chapters as well. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. So we can do it. I mean, yeah. We're going to try. Mm-hmm. We're going to try. But uh, what else can people do? I mean, there's other series, Jean, like you s- oh, described. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of other reading and watching and several series I think our listeners will love. In fact, judging from our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers, one of the things you can do during the slow time is watch Shadow and Bone and read the Lee Bardugo books that accompany that series. I mean, they're all fabulous. Uh, I've worked my way through the first series and her first book and a new separate series called Ninth House, mm. which is all about Yale and wow. magic and the secret societies of Yale. All right. So that's occupied a lot of my time. 
came across a historical romance with a paranormal family, which is quite good. It's called The Warlocks, which if y'all are looking for a series to dabble in during the downtime, I would highly recommend that. Okay. Uh, oh, and back to this whole shadow and bone thing. Okay. Our demon on the congregation, Timor, actually has a speaking Yay. role Amazing. in Shadow and Bone. It's as good to hear his yeah. voice. He's cute, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> they don't. Oh, he's super yeah. adorable and the character's just yeah. fun. And if you guys get into it at all, hop on their social media. They've done a brilliant job and maybe it's a function of the fact that most of the cast is in their late 20s and early 30s and very social media savvy, but it's a fun time. And well, then there's Ben Barnes, which is a whole other discussion. <laughs> uh, but there's, yeah, read, watch, get yeah. out of the bubble mm-hmm. a little bit would be my recommendation. I know everybody loves to reread and reread, but I find going out into the world and reading other things that may or may not be yeah. related yeah. makes this I mean, world it's, richer. It's not it just a palate cleanser, too. Sometimes you read things that all of a sudden you come back to the series, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I, that puzzle piece fits in here. And now I know that because I just right. read this book or whatever. Yes. The funny thing is with the Lee Bardugo Ninth House series that I started reading, it's making me really think because why did Diana break off and go to Yale instead of Harvard and how interesting the geography of New Haven is and and how Lee's made it this like hotbed of right. magic. It's at the convergence of two rivers and the Tigris and Euphrates and, and the secret societies and, and all of which are truly part of Yale. I was like, huh, why would a weaver decide to get her tenure there? Right. Instead of Harvard, where her parents right. were. Hmm. hmm. Something to think about. Did the magic attract her? Interesting. See, that's stuff you wouldn't even think mm-hmm. about. It's like, huh. No. Yeah, and then half the time I like wind up when I start going on those little journeys of what if, then I think, eh, maybe Deb was just random. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes, well, sometimes it's just serendipity. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But it's fun stuff to to think about. It's true. It's true. You know me, I'm I'm more in love with my wrong (laughs) answers than my right answers. Sometimes they're more fun. Jean is fantastic for that. She will weave something and state it and tell us and I'm just like that's brilliant that's exactly what happened there it's <laughs> that's exactly it what happened it, there it, it, and I'm fine with that I'm fine with that it makes sense and I, I'm in love with that theory and then it's like oh no that's not oh, oh okay well <laughs> Mm. See, but Jean is satisfied but either Jean way, whether well. we buy in or yeah. we don't. She's like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Or if it's right at the yeah. end of the day, it's like, yeah. I enjoyed it. Then we have a celebration. Yay. Okay. So what else? What else? I tend to tune out. Yeah. Seriously, I tend to tune out totally mm-hmm. when not participating in the fandom. I tend to just be like, oh, let's do other things. Let's go for a walk or a hike or this, that, the other thing. I'm one of those people that hyper focuses and it is unhealthy for me to Mm -hmm. hyper focus on one thing the whole time. So that's why when the series is over, like the television series, it's good for me to take a break and step away Mm -hmm. and do some other things. I hate to say normal, other things, you know, besides reading and analyzing and looking. Sometimes I just want to go outside and just sit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's it's fine. It's good. So I I don't have any advice for that. I'm terrible. (laughs) What else to do? (laughs) 
watch TV or Halston. Halston. I got to get on that. Oh, I saw an ad for that. What's it supposed to be? Give me the premise. It's it's about Halston. It's about him in New York. The making of. The 60s and 70s and New York looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's Hugh McGregor. Hello. Oh, you see? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to watch it when Robert's at work. Oh, okay. There may be some bare asses in there. Robert can handle a bare ass. <laughs> uh, Not like this, though. Yeah, Not like know. this, though, right? <laughs> no. Think about who it was, Halston. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It may make that may, may make the Sisset boys a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Eh, but it's, it was. It's mm-hmm. it's very good. So, Angela, what do you do in the aftertimes? Like, let's say over your hiatus when you weren't focusing on all souls, what were you doing? Uh, you know what? I didn't even the first time ever in what, since we started in 2012, I even took like a social media break as Demons Domain and Demons Discuss because I kind of projected the hiatus, like the saturation. I think we all just felt completely thrilled, but saturated with a Discovery Witches. Mm-hmm. And yes, I could dig up old season one pictures or even pictures from, I don't know, five years ago, but I wanted to give the followers and the viewers a break too, because there's so many more entities out there posting things. And I thought I want, when we come back, I wanted to have a clean slate and I want to appreciate the content and I want everyone else to appreciate the content with, with the palate cleanser. So um, I didn't even get involved in that um, so much on the hiatus. I took a true hiatus, but it just has been life. I mean, getting back, you know, it's like a slow jump start from the quarantine from the past year. You know, life is starting, yeah. life is starting again, yeah. um, which entails, you know, the transition from homeschooling to in-person schooling. And now there's volleyball tournaments and now there's, you know, so it's just, it's a shift. It's not less busy. Yeah. It's just a shift. Yes. Yeah. So that doesn't help at all either what I've been doing to keep busy, but it's just, um, it's a different, busy. it's a different busy. It yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I think I found myself a couple of weeks there not even thinking about All Souls. Yeah. Which was good since we've been immersed in it since 2012 and yes, almost unhealthily. Yeah. Well, and that's how I feel like you, you <laughs> want us at, not you personally, Valerie, like people who listen to us or tune in or follow our blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. They want us at our creative best. And the way to sometimes do that is to take a break and step away. Yeah. And then we come back with Chris. Oh <laughs> I know, <God>. right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, this was a good episode because without your question, Angela, there's no way I could have pinpointed why he bothers me so much. And that's a big part of the reason that the fact that somebody wrote him so clunkily. You talking it through, it was mm-hmm. like a, a lens coming or into focus. Him. Because I, I saw, I knew there was something yeah. there too. And I, I just was curious to get your insight and that really brought clarity for me. And you're like, she's right. Yeah. Well, and as we come right back to it again, just to reopen that can That's of worms. Fine now. I'm sitting okay with it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was going to say back to the whole it being mm-hmm. clunky. Chapter 13 is like is the same sort of weird that chapter 12 was. It feels more like a scene that like somebody said after the fact is we need to put yeah. this patch in yes. here. Chapter 12 and 13 were like, like you said, they're reworked. They feel reworked. They feel awkward. Yeah. And if felt like a class where they sit you down and they're indoctrinating you into this thought. Mm-hmm. He is yes. her best friend because we said so. 
That's it. It was like 1984 all over again. <laughs> we're we're going to tell you this thing and you're going to believe it because we said so. That's it. Don't believe yep. your eyes. Believe what we say. I just went dystopian. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the fact that we're reexamining a 2014 book in a 2021 world. I mean, it's it's yeah. interesting. It is. It, it definitely is. And I just want to know who thought that was a good idea. Yeah. To say Hey, I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. You don't have to tell Diana, Sarah and Matthew that and Fernando that 15 times over. We get it. You're black. (laughs) And the fact Mm. that no one else does it in the series like that. No. Well, why? Why are we doing this? I mean, we certainly didn't do it with Fernando. No. Or Agatha. The fact that she's Aboriginal. And for most people that flew over people. Or Emily. Or Emily. Right. Although. And she was a black lesbian. Right. But in the books, was she though? Who knows? Yeah. Right. Because it wasn't done. It wasn't written that way or wasn't edited that way. Right. Yeah. Who knows? And in the context, it doesn't matter. Right. Can't we just yeah. take him as a person? But no, I guess not. You know. So. Hmm. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Even though- Ending how we started. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Can't give it up. No. Audience, we'll get over this. So uh, thanks for sticking by us. Thanks for listening this far. And can it consider that our last thoughts? We can't let go of. That's a thought we can't let go of. But if you stick with us after this break, we will talk about last thoughts, other thoughts besides the crisp problem. (laughs) Oh, God. Have no fear. Gal glass is coming up to to bump him from the... From the hot spotlight. Oh my God. Last thoughts after this break, guys. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discuss- and the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep me alive. My last thought is I'm very excited about what we did yesterday because if it comes out the way we think it is, it's going to be just terrific. I can't wait. I can't wait not only for them to hear it, but I want to hear it. I want to hear it, too. I want to hear it, too. Um, That's pretty much all we can say about that. But the individual, the creature, the person that we spoke to was delightful in a way where it wasn't typical. Unexpectedly. Yes. I was shocked, surprised and amazed 
And I really want to meet this person in person now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. That's all we can really say about that. But you're going to like it. Yay. <laughs> I'm, I'm very giggly about it. So yeah, it's I haven't wrapped my head. No, around I see it it's yet. surreal still, really. especially yeah. because I didn't. It, it is. You have the files. I have the files, and I have not listened to them yet. But we had technical difficulties. Jerry decided to act up a little bit on us, and maybe a storm mm-hmm. or two or something happened. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Mother Nature may yeah, have interfered. Yeah, so I don't know what we're left with, but I have a feeling it's good and it's something to treasure for a long time. Yes. So, yeah, Jean, you're excited about that. Woo, that's your last thought. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> you have other last thoughts or that that one that one trumps no. all? No, I have, something, I, I have something for the after show, but I'll save it okay. for the after show. Angela, how about you? <sighs> My last thought. I don't know. I'm really, we talked about being on hiatus and I'm coming out slowly but surely like the butterfly out of the cocoon so i have to I, I feel recharged and i'm ready to get back to doing this thing yeah i've been excited to talk to you guys yes it's been nice i mm-hmm. mean we've been yes. in our chat box you know commenting on things here and there but mainly concentrating on our lives but you know we don't ever stay out of touch with each other so we continue to and, and puppies. puppies that's right <laughs> we all have puppy right. fever so be quiet for a second see if they can hear them no, this is the time yeah. they're going to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> they decided they, they they got over it and decided yeah, to nap yeah. again. It's like we're done, bitch. Well, Whatever. with your your handy dandy <laughs> editing software, you can just move one of their yips <laughs> to this section. Oh yeah, Gene's got a laugh track. La- we used to have a yeah. laugh track. Like I'm going to kind of tell the story. Um, Gene and I think it was the interview with Allie. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was way back then. <laughs> yes, Allie Aryogini. Okay, so we had an interview with her and we lost Gene halfway through. So in order to make Gene seen like she was there <laughs> I took a bunch of clips of her laugh and just inserted them at the funny <laughs> point so it seemed like Jean was there the whole time <laughs> and nobody was no. wiser <laughs> oh, I was like we're going to make this work Jean I'm sorry <laughs> We're going to make this work. Well, the funniest thing was I wouldn't have been able to say a hell of a whole lot anyways because I know nothing about <laughs> yoga. So I would have been rather quiet right. anyway. So like I said, nobody was That's right. Wiser. And you didn't miss much because you got to listen to the episode later. Right. So it was fine. It was all right. good. I remember you being very upset about that. And it's like, oh, no, I fucked up. I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, don't be sorry. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah, and I definitely want to thank our patrons, guys. Our patrons, and oh, yeah. Angela mentioned that new software I got. Our patrons allowed us to purchase this software, which was rather expensive, but it has shaved hours off of my editing time. What it does is it takes our voices, it makes transcripts of them, and I can edit the transcripts. And what that does in turn is edit our voices. And it's so much easier to read the words that are being said and say, no, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. Instead of looking at a bunch of waveforms, listening to them, backing it up, listening to them, and then cutting it out. Oh, God, it saves so much time. I can take a whole paragraph, cut it, paste it to where I want it to be, and it's done. Oh, my God. It's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Cool. So thank you, patrons, for doing that for us. Thank you, patrons, for funding us because it keeps our equipment current. We're going to have to replace a major piece of equipment because it's 
messing up on us and it may or may not have fucked with us yesterday on a very important conversation. So yeah, that's all to our patrons, patreon.com slant demons discuss. If you guys are interested, uh-huh. uh, thank you for the reviews. They're still coming in. And like Angela said, we're doing a catch up. So there's that. If you want to become a discusser and you have not signed up yet, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant discusser. Fill out the form and we'll add you to our discusser list. All of our other stuff, it's going to be in the show notes or the episode notes, where to find us on social media. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and all of that. Did I miss anything? No. (laughs) I think we're good. Thank you for listening through one more episode of our Chris problems <laughs> and hopefully we can move on from here let's say goodbye everybody bye everybody goodbye bye everybody demon kiss and we'll talk to you next time 